Hello and welcome to what is sadly going to be the th final Thunder Talk of the 2018-2019 season. Uh, in case you've been living under a rock, in that case I would very much envy you. The Thunder lost to the Portland Trailblazers last night on a soul-crushing Damian Lillard 3. They are eliminated from the playoffs and the offseason has begun in Oklahoma City. Jameson, I'm, I'm your host Bobby Howard and uh, I'm here with Jameson and Ford. Guys, what a tough one. Mm -hmm. Throw me in the trash. Ford, <laughs> by, the trash. <laughs> Ford, by the way, is recording from what appears to be underwater, as his audio quality makes no sense. But that's okay. So we'll just 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 bear with us here. Sorrow from last night. Ford, you you assume that we weren't already in the dumpster after Game Four. I, I <laughs> like we described. It said it, we were just depending on which dumpster we were going to be in, and we just ended up on the South Side Wendy's dumpster. So I mean, <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's just we were living in amongst the trash. I mean, it just was choosing. Yeah, yeah, we were deported from the mahogany dumpster to the Wendy's dumpster. Now. <laughs> yeah, we we have definitely downgraded in dumpsters. It's it's pretty depressing. Um, but yeah, first, I I mean, my thing about this is it's just it. This is the perfect way, I guess, to end is. Uh, not just a season, but a stretch of just completely stupid, arrogant basketball. Not just on the court, but off the court. Lillard just absolutely embarrassed this team. Uh, not not just with his performance, with the shot, with the reaction. You know, waving goodbye and the you know that look. It it, it is it is one of the most embarrassing moments in franchise history. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to kind of go on that. I think that really a lot of people are going on the Thunder after the loss last night, but I, I don't think it's our fault, and I think it's just unfair that a crazy, ridiculous 37-foot shot changes the narrative completely like that. I don't know about y'all, but that game, I felt the best this whole playoffs. Oh, yeah. Oh, agreed. Completely. And if, if if that shot doesn't fall or if one little thing goes our way, everyone's extremely optimistic. I am guarantee you we're talking about what are our chances to winning Game 7 and winning this series. It's, it's, just, not, it's just not right that one little thing can completely change the future's, like what we think of for the future of the Thunder. And I that's just, just the, the hot and cold of Thunder fans and of all NBA fans in the league. And I, I just I just don't think it is the perfect moment because we played well. It's just we got outplayed by a superstar having one of the best nights, if not the best night of his career. Yeah, I I, I kind of agree because it's it it shouldn't be embarrassing because I think that was definitely our best game of the series. It looked like we were turning it around. But as far as looking at all of the things combined, it's embarrassing. It just, it, it's yeah. it's mostly extracurriculars that make it embarrassing. Because again, if we win that game, then we're sitting here talking about, you know, taking care of business in Game Six, and then a toss up in Game Seven, which. I, I I was trying to stay as stoic as possible, and then we had that fifteen two run or whatever, or might have been even more. You know, when we when we took that lead in the fourth, I was was just it a thirty to six? Yeah, thirty to six. Yeah, the thirty six run to like just take us over the top. I was just like, okay, now we finally have arrived to the series, and then you know. George gets that fifth foul. Things get a little weird towards the end, and uh, Portland heats up. PG missing those two free throws were huge. Yes, like that was the turning point, and I, I couldn't believe what I saw. 
I thought, I mean, like, you rarely see, I mean, Pete, what's PG, like an 85, 86% free throw shooter? Probably around there. I mean, you're, you're going to expect he's going to at least make one of the two. And whenever he misses yeah. one, it's kind of a fluke. But I mean, like, even after those free throws, I don't know about y'all, I still feel like we had it, you know? Yeah, I did too. You could, feel it, you could feel it changing because then, the, I think Lillard hit a three, McCollum hit like a tough jumper, and I could just, I could sense the run, you know, coming on it was going to go down to the wire but you know at the end of the day like of course you know you're going to live with that Lillard you know half court fadeaway three-pointer I mean I do I, I felt like it was going in I mean just because Lillard's one of the most clutch players in the league but then again like there's also that feeling where there's like there's no way it's going in so you can live with that shot but in the end of the day we lost in five games to a team that we were clearly better than and it's just kind of the cherry on top for a very disappointing season. And I'm still sulking and pouting. <laughs> which is which is fair, you know. Sulking and pouting is, you know, what you're kind of supposed to do the last, you know, last game of the year after a loss like that. But I'm, I'm proud of them for not giving up because there are several points where that team could have just rolled over and they didn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, be, be happy definitely with game five we are just a victim of a 50 point damian lillard game it was a bad shot paul george is exactly right the percentage of that shot compared to going to the lane and trying to get something there or getting closer to the three-point line it's by far a bad shot it just went in and i'm like i saw this on twitter today all of the great shots of all times were bad shots. They just went in. That's what makes them so historic because they're such a low chance to go in. And yeah, we're going to see this on the highlight reel for the next year every single time people talk about it. But that's not the ba- that's not the bad low moment of the Thunder. That was just a chance freak thing that happened. The, the low moments were the extreme lack of revision and gameplay that we had throughout the game four games before that. Yeah, and it, I'm not saying it was rationally uh, an embarrassing moment, but you know, it's easy to get clowned when you lose like that. You know, no one, no one's going to clown you on Twitter and be like, "Oh, you aren't attacking the rim enough. Look at your lack of point paints, or paints in the point, or pa- pa- points in the paint." I am so exhausted from this season. Paint points. Paint points. Um, but that, like, that's. That, that obviously was the biggest issue, and it was something they clearly rectified in that first quarter. Had 20 points in the paint just in this f- first quarter compared to 22 in an entire game in Game 4. Uh, gotta give it up to Billy. He kind of made, made adjustments. The Thunder made adjustments, and if they played like this the entire series, we would be still playing basketball. But the thing is, we weren't. And he didn't make adjustments for four games, and then we lost in five. This was a freak Damian Lillard game. Yep. It's he, he does not make in-game adjustments. And I said that to y'all in that group text we had. At the end of the first quarter, I said he made adjustments where he was switching everything and he was putting Jeremy Grant on Ennis instead of Steven to therefore we can be more flexible and have Mo Because Mo Harkless is a dead point in their offense. Terry Stotts is a very, very smart coach. Very smart. And it did not take him a while to figure out how we're going to fix this. And we had to completely abandon it. And once we abandoned it, we were just back to square one where we were originally before that. That was a very temporary adjustment. I'm not giving Billy Donovan any credit for that. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I'm just saying, like, from a game-to-game basis, this is like, this is like giving a dog, like, a, a biscuit for not peeing on the carpet. You know, like, you should not do that, obviously. But... 
you should be rewarded for the simple things, at least at this point. That's just a level of praise you gotta give Billy at this point. Because this is something... The strategy in the game five was something we charted out on the podcast before the series even started. We knew what to do. And the fact is, they just flat out didn't do it because... I don't know, I guess Westbrook thought it'd be more noble to get in a three-point battle with Damian Lillard. It's it's so sad how we finally figured something out on how to really, really beat these guys. If if Damian Lillard doesn't go off for 50 and drops a a regular 30-point game, we win that by, like, 15 points, you know? And, like, like, we took our time. We picked our shots nicely. We found open looks. We worked the paint. We didn't try and get in a three-point battle. And we found ourselves tied with 10 seconds left. Uh You know, so it just really sucks. When you get good production out of your role players on the Thunder team, we're going to have a good game. We had Jeremy Grant and Dennis Schroeder playing really well. I understand Terrence Ferguson really didn't get too many touches the ball, but that's just how the flow of the game went. I was very impressed with those two. And going forward, that's definitely something to be optimistic about. I don't know about y'all. I would love to move on from this game. I've already seen that um, replay of it many times. I've seen the replay of it with the Titanic music behind it. I've seen all kinds of everything. Uh, I just, I'm kind of sick and tired of hearing it. And I know a lot of our listeners, unless y'all aren't Thunder fans, really don't want to hear it anymore. So we're just going to kind of go and look at the season as a whole and kind of give y'all our just overall thoughts and just kind of little tidbits and little awards here and there. So I guess we'll start with overall going from sad uh, to ending a series. So what was y'all's overall favorite moment of the season? Like the one whenever you think about the season, you're the happiest after. What was that moment for y'all? I'll, I'll let Bobby start. That's a that's a really good one. Um, for me, it has to be Paul George's three in that corner uh, in the last regular season game uh, against Houston. Uh, George, obviously, I think for most of you guys is going to be up there for, you know, your best moments as well. But that corner three was, well, one, it was the one that I was actually at. And two, it was the thing that kind of sealed us from avoiding Golden State. Uh, just, just everything involved with it, the crowd, all of it, it, it felt like, like the playoff moment we didn't actually have. I might Uh, rather play Golden State. (laughs) That is, then here we start. I that is the worst take. Out. That is the worst take for it. <laughs> I was kidding. Jesus. I uh, mean, kind of. <laughs> but the way it turned out, but you might, I'd rather take another shot at Golden State. Than do you no. want to see the series no. end on your home court or end on Portland's home court? I'd rather see the series uh, end on the road. I, I couldn't stand to see a sweep on our own court because the way oh, we played yeah. those first four games, you think we had it even kind of a, a chance to get anywhere close to even getting within ten of that team, get out. Uh, of no, it would it would have been a disaster. That, that is such a that is just such a that's a rough take there, Ford. All right, that was a joke. I didn't mean to get you no, guys. No, dude. Up. But here's the, here's the here's the problem. You know how many Thunder fans on Twitter probably say that? Like so many. You know, oh, yeah. Thunder fans probably said we should have tanked and missed the playoffs. Oh my God, hindsight is just twenty twenty, just crazy amongst all these people. I agree well, with Bobby. My favorite moment. Good. Yeah, I, yeah, honestly. Okay, but I mean, my favorite moment also was that PG versus Houston Shaw. I wasn't there, but I mean, that was when we were talking about that, you know, like this was the perfect scenario if we could get Portland in the playoffs and Houston would fall to the four. We'd be on the opposite side and be a straight shot to the Western Conference Finals with two hopefully easier opponents with Denver not doing as well. And then that shot made it all possible. All things collided. Like, 
you just I was just so happy after that. I mean, now since Bobby said that, I'll give kind of my second place. My second place probably happy moment was probably that Utah Jazz buzzer beater by um, Paul George after All-Star break because that was just an awesome game overall. And that floater is like, it, he had so many better kind of buzzer beaters, but I just something about that floater of just it being in the air for a while just felt like it took forever to go in, you know? And it's always great to beat the Jazz, especially from after last season's um, postseason. So I, I really enjoyed that one. But definitely, I was the most happy after that Houston. Yeah, and also there's like a bit of momentum you know, with the with the Jazz one where there were other big shots, so it kind of built to this crescendo of that 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 floater with 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 the uh houston game i mean it 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 was there weren't as many big shots so i definitely i definitely see why that utah game's up there ford what do you think yeah i I was gonna say that jazz game because that was kind of like our revenge game you know from last last season last postseason and that was just the most exciting because we we hadn't been in a double overtime game well, I mean, we were actually earlier this season versus the Spurs, but it felt like we hadn't, you know, in a couple – like a game like that in a couple of years. And it was just back and forth and back and forth. And PG and Russ, you know, both dropped like 40 – like 45, 46, you know. Like both had triple doubles and were just making big shot after big shot. And like the entire game, you just didn't know who was going to win. Like in, until PG finally hits that unreal floater – that was like an inch away from like the defensive player of the year and Rudy Gobert's like fingertips, you know, yep, that exactly. was incredible. But you know, I, well, I was, I mean, there's a bunch of other games that were pretty dope. Like, you know, our first win in like since 2012 or 14 at Portland, that was a pretty fun one to watch us finally, you know, get that monkey off our back. Then there was like the Milwaukee game where it was, uh, Giannis and PG having the MVP battle, you know, and he dunked on Giannis at the very end of that game. That was pretty cool. But then also, uh, I think the Brooklyn game. Yeah. Like, that was kind of, that was the emergence of PG, like, you know, taking his game up to another level. Where he, he just scored, you know, like, it felt like 15 straight points leading that, like, 20, 20 22 point comeback. In Brooklyn, it was that was really really cool to see us finally pull that one off, and that was in the beginning of the season too. So it felt like you know it, it was that that was kind of you know opening the gate for his his like his welcome to the league type and or like at least welcome to the MVP level type play. And then lastly, I would say Nick Collison's jersey retirement. That was a really happy moment. That was a cool moment. That was a yeah. That, that was definitely a cool game. One one last moment that I think we haven't covered. Paul George's. I wasn't talking about the game. I was like the moment. You know, Nick. Yeah. You know, us, us finally getting you know the jersey hanging down the Raptors. Raptors for one of those you know players that we that our our fan base is beloved. Yeah, the game sucked. Game sucked. We lost. <laughs> Great comeback, but we did lose. Uh, other two good moments. Uh, the Russell Westbrook 2020 triple double game was awesome. I don't care if you talk about chasing, loved that one. And also uh, Paul George's four point play in Philadelphia, uh, that was just wild, absolutely yeah. wild. After a really bad stretch, I believe we had lost four or five straight at that point. Yeah, um, and also whenever Russ and PG both got triple doubles, that's a cool thing. I, I really don't buy too much in the triple double thing. I think it's kind of overdone. Then the people that want to sound really smart say triple doubles don't matter. Well, yes, I understand that, but I think that's kind of just a really 
like whenever Colin Coward comes at it, I mean, I guess he's kind of an easy opponent in this. It's just like you think you're smart by saying triple doubles don't matter. Okay, come on, dude. That, that does not make you smart. That's a very obvious take for people that actually pay attention to the game of basketball. For people that are the fans, they like it because it's fun. Okay, a fan. You don't have to be super analytical to uh, to be a basketball fan. You know, you can just like it for the fun of it. And triple doubles is something that's really fun. So. All of those takes are cold, but all in all, from what we talked about with these favorite moments, there's one kind of key thing, except for one time we got to hear Russell Westbrook's name. We said almost every single time Paul George's name, and that's why he's the MVP. We don't have to go around through us three. Paul George, by far, was our MVP, even with a shoulder injury at the end of the year. We can just imagine what even different reality it would be if he never strained his rotator cuff or whatever happened. He made it sound like last night in the post-game conference that he's probably going to have a cleanup surgery. So there might be something there. Who knows what that's going to be. I'm going to be very interested in what the actual surgery is and to learn more about the injury itself. I really can't tell y'all what it is because I don't even know what shoulder he's talking about because he has both of them hurt. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's going to be one of the bigger... Um, off-season storylines, and you know, well, let's uh, you know what, like, let's let's well, let's table the off-season stuff because I think we'll we will drop a question of what the number one off-season storyline will be. Um, but for now, let's 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 go in and ask this question: Who is the MVP of the season? This is kind of a dumb question. I feel like I, ju- I just said it was PG. We don't even it's have to PG. Go through this. It's Do PG. You even listen to me, Bobby. I just said <laughs> PG is obviously our MVP. We don't even have to go around and ask the question because we're yeah, all going to say it. Okay. We just talked about it in all our favorite moments. God bless America, Bobby. Let's just go to the LVP. I don't want to talk about happy Bobby's moments. I'm back, in, I'm back into angry Thunder fan. Angry, pessimistic Thunder fan. LVP's obviously Russell Westbrook. Come on, guys. Russell played horrible in the playoffs. The only thing that matters in this season is the playoffs and we screwed up and everyone's going to dog on us and we should just rip our team apart because we did bad in five games. That was literally my dad 20 minutes ago. <laughs> Yeah, I it's ninety five percent of Thunder yeah. fans. Yeah, I definitely blanked out there a bit, but yeah, no, let's let's just go to the LVP then. Why not? Yes, um, which I also well, just did. Well, I didn't. <laughs> I thought you were. You sounded very trabery there. I didn't know you were being Shame. serious. You really think it's Russell Westbrook? Shame, shame. No, do you really think it's Russell Westbrook? I thought you were kidding. He was acting uh, like an angry Thunder. Fan. Uh, if you're t- okay, there's a b- multiple things. I think um, if you're talking about. Who I was most disappointed by was definitely Russell Westbrook, no doubt. Uh, those things that I said, um, take them with a grain of salt, but I did actually kind of believe some of the things I said right there. Uh, I'm not going that kind of radical with it, but it is true. He did screw up, and he was not a good enough a leader and was not sound in mind um, going into the playoffs. Did not play well. Overall, the LVP, if you're just talking about the crappiest Kyle Singler award um, player, is obviously Abdul Nader for this team. Abdul Nader's defense was absolutely horrible. Go look at the net ratings. His net rating was like minus 16 at one time. That's that's scary bad. Um, I, I mean, Defensively, he had some great stretches. Yeah, but you can, if, if you're a role player and you have good stretches, the thing is you need to get high volume to therefore be an efficient player because you play your defense the whole time. But on offense, you only play maybe every one, every four or five possessions as a role player, you know? So that's extremely inefficient, you know? Like, it's like if you get him a shot and an opportunity every other time down the court, then he could probably get that number up. But that's that's a problem for him where um, he can't really pass that up whenever you have two superstars next year. Yeah, well, I, I agree. I think, I think Nader at least... 
he at least made shots. My LVP would have to be Patrick Patterson, the guy. Um, I mean, he had issues mentally. You know, you could tell he was, you know, looking looked a little skittish out there at times. But the guy completely played himself out of a role. I guess so did Nader. But um, Patterson obviously is one of the bigger disappointments uh, for agency uh, wise we've probably ever had. Um, and we've we've had some some pickups who we thought would be good. Patterson, I thought we thought was a perfect fit. Never really materialized and, you know, got replaced by Markeith Morris, who was just basically another Patterson. Yeah, that's what I was going to say for the LVP. You know, uh, after, you know, being a starting power forward on a top tier East team, I really thought that he would pan out and uh, fit really well into this team. So he's definitely been a bigger disappointment within the last two years, you know. But, um, and he did play himself out of a role. I really expected him to kind of break through that mental game he had with his with himself and really start to you know consistently knock down shots and play at least um, average defense um but i guess another lvp would definitely be andre roberson that was such a disappointment for me uh, yeah you can't you can't blame the guy for getting re-injured that was just a freak accident that you know. sucks I, I i guess he kind of is a least valuable player because he we had such high hopes for him and he didn't bring any value to this team I understand what you're saying there, I, but I mean, it's, I hopefully guess, use this time to work on a damn free throws. I see nobody took nobody was uh, risky enough to say Alex Abrines oh. for disappearing. <laughs> you're playing with uh, fire with that one. If, if you brought so up, if you brought disappear. if you okay, if you brought up Andre Robertson who was hurt, I, I, I'm just saying. At least okay, we know why Robertson's hurt. Different. Yeah, I know. I know. I, I was. I'm not just saying like picking on the blind kid. I'm not saying it's Abrinas. <laughs> I'm just saying if you if you bring in Andre Robertson, you know you got to also talk about Abrinas, who I guess had some value. Poor poor Alex. I, I, I feel I bad for the guy. A bad word for him. Well, that's oh, true. I'll get I'll get it. I've got a little Alex spiel later on a topic that I'm going to bring up, so I will talk more on him uh, him there. Um, Y'all know my feelings about Alex Abrinas. I love him. Um, but we're going on to most improved player. Uh, most improved player. I think this is an obvious choice for everyone. Actually, yep. no. There probably could kind of there could be an argument for somewhere else. But I think Jeremy Grant, the way he increased his three point percentage near the end of the year to almost near forty percent, is just something that a dynamic of this team we needed so bad. Uh, he sometimes would be that shining moment in a completely crappy game. Everyone came at us for bad shooting, being twenty second in the NBA, but we just had our four go and shoot that well from the three i think that's very optimistic i think the motive of playing him at five is very good as something to change the pace i don't think he should be a starting center <laughs> that that's a little bit much um but he is going to be a bright moment for the ne- uh, next season and um he is developing each year more and more and mo- more and let's just hope that he takes another huge step next year yeah i totally I agree I agree. It probably has to be Grant because of how well he played. But I would say if you asked me before uh, All-Star break, I'd probably consider Terrence Ferguson up there. Uh, he really, I think, improved his defense a bit. Um, definitely improved his scoring. Uh, just wasn't able to really finish at like towards the end of the year. He had his spurt. He hit, I guess if there was a sophomore wall, he hit that. But he definitely became a player who, you know, not only, not only could play like regular minutes, but could actually be a very solid, you know, two guard in a starting lineup. Yep. That was the guy and, uh, I was uh, argument for. Uh, Jeremy Grinch finishes at the rim really improved too. 
That guy made some tough finishes last night. And, you know, I know he's, this isn't really like a most improved player because we already knew, you know, this guy's level of play and what he's capable of. But Dennis Schroeder really, really panned out the way I, I hoped he would. He ran the offense very well and provided a huge spark off the bench. He bailed us out of a lot of games. Yep. Yeah. And, and if we're talking the biggest surprises, I think you, you, you'd be completely remiss to not talk about Nerlens Noel. That guy really showed out in the contract year in a way that I think I think we thought could happen, but I don't really know if we knew would happen. He's yep. exactly what we, we wanted him to do. Yep, he was the most efficient player on our team. Uh, the man needed more minutes, in all honesty. And he near the playoffs, he only got about 12, 13 minutes a game, and I thought that was unacceptable. The man's play was really solid. Like I said, if you talked about there's, if you talk about the most underappreciated guy on this team, it's Nerlens because we barely even talk about him. It's you. It's like the thing with offensive linemen in football. You never want to hear their names, and that's what he did. He just did all the right things. He just did his business and moved on. Yep. 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 Um, this is a little different from, I guess, least valuable player. But who? Who really, I guess, kind of dis- who who didn't make the jump that I that you thought would? You know, who was kind of the most disappointing? I'm gonna go on a hot take here and say probably it's probably I, I was disappointed with Steven Adams. Honestly, I thought he I thought I mean this is the third straight year that we've kind of thought he was gonna take that jump into a legitimate scoring threat. Um, and a lot of this is actually on Billy for not utilizing him more in an offense where he could you know get easy scoring opportunities, but. I don't know. At, at this point, I'm getting really worried about the amount of money we're paying him, and the amount of, and, and how confident we are in playing him in major situations. Uh, you, you saw it in the Portland series. Not not sticking him on Cantor. That's a complete waste of Adams. Uh, it just it just felt very weird. Some of our best runs happened w- with him completely off the bench, and that's that's a pretty big twenty five million dollars to be paying a year for well, a while. Wolf- I, I mean, I don't. I don't know if I necessarily fully agree with you because I mean Adams is very efficient and he ha- I mean he can knock down that cream that you know that hook shot he had going on like, it, like his paint game scoring game is pretty efficient and, and he's pretty skilled in that area I just don't think he got enough opportunities like we would, we would get him going early in the first quarter and then he wouldn't touch the ball you know it felt like for the rest of the game yeah, it wasn't it wasn't Steven's fault. Steven was not disappointing at all to me. If you're going to talk about this topic of Steven, I think you have to be synonymous with that and also talk about Billy. And that's kind of like a big, big topic that's been going on now that it, we're in the off season, which kind of sounds weird. Yeah, um, which is which is something I brought up. I brought up that you know Billy was a pretty big part of that. I was not disappointed with Steven at all. I thought he did his job. I thought he set great screens this year a lot of those poly george buzzer beaters was because of steven adams you don't see that in the box score i thought he played good post defense a lot of times whenever he went out in the three point people were like oh he can't stay with them yeah duh because he's huge seven foot monster of course he's not going to be able to stay with them that dude i was very pleased with him if you wanted him to make a step towards an all-star mm-hmm. That's. I mean, we thought, oh, Stephen could even be an All Star in the preseason. Rudy Gobert Legit, didn't even make the All. Rudy Gobert didn't even make the All Star um, team for the West. So I think that that's kind of unfair. Um, I guess going back to this, uh, the Stephen and Billy topic, I kind of got a take for y'all, and we can kind of discuss it after this. Um, Stephen, 
Adams has been all through this trade talk recently, especially since he's on a $25 million contract. And the other big topic about what big change we need to make is Billy Donovan, should we fire him or not? I think you can only do one or the other. I think Steven's great for this team. And I think he, mm-hmm. if he's utilized correctly, he could be a very, he could be worth that twenty five million. How crazy that sounds! But with Billy Donovan as our coach, it, he is not worth the twenty five million, and we need to get rid of him. So Sam Preston needs to sit down and think to himself: Do I want Billy or do I want Stephen? Because Billy utilizes the three point shooting too much. He likes small ball more. If you go look at his game, the way he played at Florida, he liked it that way as well. I mean, his center there was Al Horford and Joakim Noah, who weren't kind of pounded like Steven Adams' people. They're more finesse, kind of smarter, IQ'd centers, if you all get what I'm saying here. Steven doesn't mix with Billy very well, and I think I present that to you all. Um, Do you think we can keep both, or which one would you choose? Would you rather keep Billy or trade Steven? I think we can keep both, and I think we run it back one more year. And if it really, if it, if it's another disappointed season, I think you get rid of Billy. I think it's a tough call because I don't, I don't really know what package you can get back for Adams right now. I think you could get some good, but I, I think Adams definitely does a lot, and I think the utilization of him is the biggest issue. But also, like, I don't know. I just I, he would get. He would just get these pretty solid looks, and every time I, he would just get right there, I'd be like, "All right, this is his look," and it it would always rim out, and that's why I was I was frustrated. That's why it's so disappointing. It's because when he would actually get there, you know, the rims, you know, just wouldn't it just wouldn't work for him. Well, you realize he shot almost what was it, fifty nine percent from the field. I thought that was pretty solid. I it just, was like sixty or sixty. It was sixty five at one point in the year. I, I think I'm just talking about this series in general okay. recently. Well, I mean, is, yeah, we don't need to overreact too much on full roster moves when it comes down to one series. Um, I, I, I looking at players. I think you can kind of do that more objectively with coaching. My kind of take on it is. Um, I'd, I've never really bought in, and the more I hear from like retired NBA players that coaches, there's only a, like a like a top five coaches that can actually impact a game and therefore like win you basketball games just because mm-hmm. they're coaches. You got guys like Pop and Doc Rivers and people of that category, you know. Billy Donovan mm-hmm. and everyone else that we can hire right now really isn't in that category to where we can find some kind of game changer. But the one thing that we can do if we do fire Billy is create a new culture, and he's our scapegoat now. You know, because we don't have a scapegoat. We'll bring in someone new. Hopefully, he'll be able to wrangle Russ, which I know is not going to happen. The new coach that comes in is not going to be able to do that. But it's going to create kind of a fresh new, like, oh, we got a new coach. We can Everything that was in the past, we can let that be, and now we're going to start with this new era, similar to what Mark Jackson and Steve Kerr started. Yeah, I... It's... If, if you do switch a guy it, he's got to switch schemes because i really don't see a ton of difference between donovan and brooks there really wasn't that much of a difference i feel like mm-hmm. i think mm-hmm. i mean if we're going to talk about we could just throw out names of a lot of names i've been hearing of just like what podcast and twitter people throw out the most one common is uh, monty williams i'm just going to say this no. stop throwing out monty williams name he's not going to come back to oklahoma for everyone knows what happened to his wife here I, it just you're not going to come back to the place where that happened and have that memory here every single time. That's just it, it's. There's no way he's going to come mm-hmm. back. I mean, if you're the I if I think that if we're really not the coach is really not going to impact us 
as a, overall, it's more going to be on our players. I think our best shot of a guy would kind of be Mark Jackson. Um, I feel like he could re- really relate to Russell the best. I, the best relationship we've seen with Russell with the coach is another point guard that used to play and used to be also really well in the NBA, Mo Cheeks. And, mm-hmm. uh, Mark He's Jackson the only guy be, that Russ listens to. Yeah, and Mark Jackson, he was there. He did it. Billy Donovan does not count. Billy Donovan played. Come on. that He does not count. Mark Jackson no. can really relate to him. Um, and maybe breakthrough, and just the the chance of that is enough to convince me. If not, I don't think it's going to be too big of a difference between him and Billy. At least, like I said earlier, it will change the culture. Therefore, give us a fresh start, and not have that monkey on our back from last season going into the next season. I, yeah, I, I like I like Mark Jackson. Agree, I agree with that. I think as a culture changer, as a someone who will put the onus on a guy, I think that Mark Jackson is a really good fit. Um, I, I don't know if he's the type of guy to get you over the hump, but I don't really know if there's anyone out there that can, that exactly. is established. You would have to be Mark, taking just like a complete blind shot in the dark, really. Like a... Like, like a Brad Stevens. Yeah, like a Brad Stevens or a Steve Kerr, just someone who you you know, who you think yeah. might work, but, I mean, it's not like we're going to call call down Phil Jackson to come down from Montana and we, figure things out. Yeah, we Mark, just can't Mark go Jackson college just, again. Yeah, Jackson, yeah. You know, playoffs. Well, I don't know. I don't know if you can necessarily, you know, eliminate college. You know, what? What if you offer, let's say, for example, a Jay Wright a deal of Villanova, and he accepts? No, I wouldn't be happy with Jay Wright. Him. No, that's no, that's Billy Donovan part two. Yeah, you don't you don't want a, a clone mm. of Billy Donovan. We've already had to deal with him being a clone. Just Scott Brooks. College? Yeah, I just come on, just think about it. Call the game of college Trump, is so much. You know? the, the call the game in college is so much different than the game in the pros. Pro coaches Brad that Steven. came from pro coaches have different styles than coaches coming from college. Brad Stevens was different. He had to deal with different players in Boston than these the people would have to deal in OKC. You have to deal with very strong personality people here. And you can see this season that Brad Stevens is not doing well with strong personality people on his team with Kyrie. You might lose him next season. This not only that not only that, but specifically with Jay Wright. Um, look at how he plays. Three-point shooting all across the board, that is not a fit for our offense at all. Or or any offense with this I, roster. I, I literally just threw that name out because he's just I, a hot college coach. How about, how about Mark Few, then? Mark Few. No, he's not leaving Gonzaga. Yeah, I mean, that, I mean, what I'm saying is all the big-time college coaches that are like, Calipari, Shashevsky, Williams are not coming to the—they're um, not coming to the pros. You'd have to think about kind of that next year down, and that's just not good enough. We just need a guy that we can have a chance to break through and change the Russell attitude and change the culture. And I think that a former player, a guy who's been there and coached teams before and has been through the NBA, mm-hmm. is our best chance. I'm not saying it's going to work. I'm not saying this is our solution. I'm just saying sometimes you just got to change things and hope for the best. And that's why I would rather have Steven stay and then fire Billy and then go get a guy like that. I don't think an assistant coach either, like getting someone like Portland's assistant coach that's been getting interviewed, I don't think that's going to help either. We need a guy who has a respect value from the players, and that's going to be really hard to find. Hey, we should throw out a name. We should get Jason Kidd. Shut up. Chauncey Billups? Shut up. (laughs) Chauncey is so fickle. 
the problem like he keeps trying to get all these job offers places you know and he never really materializes i don't think i don't think he's ready yet i'm not ready to take a guy who hasn't done any coaching at all and then come in kind of like how Derek fisher did and kind of like how jason kidd did he turned never coached but I mean, I mean, I know he's not those players, but I mean, he—I mean, he was—he was immediately under um, under Popovich. He was under Phil Jackson. I'm just saying, there are no two coaches you want to like work under than those two. That's totally different. Yeah. So I mean, it's really kind of a shot in the dark overall. But if we did trade Stephen, um, we don't know how much value we could get from him. I understand, uh, but I think. What I'm trying my point on there is it's not as much about the players we get back with the Steven trade. I think it's more of just clearing up the $25 million and using that elsewhere towards this free agency. We still have Russ and Paul George who have been proven to be decent enough recruiters to get good guys to come to us in free agency. Um, it, even if we get back just like a, a role player shooter from Steven, maybe like a, like a second round pick. I mean, we've got $25 million to spend. I was talking to Bobby about this um, yesterday. I've kind of had this in my mind for a while. I really like the style that Steven Adams plays. So if we get rid of him, we just need to find a cheaper Steven Adams. And it would have mm-hmm. to be a veteran. I think um, DJ would be our definitely our best replacement for that. He's going to be a, um, a free agent coming from the Knicks trade. And um, I think we could get him a lot cheaper than $25 million and have a lot of money to spend on bench role players to come in that can shoot. Yeah, DeAndre Jordan's girlfriend also is from Oklahoma City, so he doesn't seem to hate it all that much. Bobby, how do you know that? He was at Jones Assembly for some reason. <laughs> he was Jones Assembly you during free agency. He was at yeah, he was at Jones Assembly. Uh, yeah, it was really weird. Nobody knew why, but we're all but you know, people clearly knew he wasn't trying to sign with the Thunder because there was no room. But yeah. in this case, if we if we somehow got rid of Adams, I think that you know. Uh, definitely be the move. I, I, I like Jordan a lot. How about Robin Lopez? <laughs> oh, boy. Sideshow side Bob? <sighs> Who did he try to beat up this year on our team? Did, he got was a... Ju- uh, was he, it Schroeder? Or was yeah, it Grant? He, he, he was going at Russell, wasn't he? I think no, it was, no, I don't think it was Russ. I don't think it was. It was... No, it, I swear, it was like Jeremy Grant or like Dennis Schroeder. It was one of those. It was, it was well, Dennis someone got like, a suspension for it. Uh, I'm looking up the video. Right now, Dennis and Raymond got suspensions because they left the bench. So I, I I don't remember what the beef was. All in all, he's another guy. But I'm kind of if we were to trade Stephen, that DeAndre Jordan, I thought would be a good thing. I don't think we, and that's and that's also assuming do we keep yeah. Billy? You know, I mean if if we keep it's Billy, Jeremy Grant, by the way. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but if we, yeah, if we keep Billy and trade Stephen, I mean. Getting a, a center that can't shoot's a little bit nerve wracking. I think I'd feel a little bit better if we drafted uh, maybe like a stretch four to kind of um, combat that. But honestly, what I'm at the point is just keep Steven fire Billy. Yeah. Um, Mark Jackson take. would be my favorite right now. But um, the trades for Steven, that's that's fun talk. It really, it really is. And just any time trade, even though we love Steven so much, it's just fun talking trades. And, I mean, I heard one today on Down to Dunk where they talked about Steven for Kevin Love straight up. That made me puke in my mouth. I thought that's it was awful. horrible. Hell no. That's awful. Kevin he's Love. On the, he's on the same, you know, money, fat contract. 
Yeah, he just he's signed. He's got four more years <laughs> like, with like $84 million on it or something like that. I don't remember. I, I, I just remember being at 20-something plus million. Yeah, screw that. Uh-uh. We, we just want a better value out of center because if the center isn't an all-star, it's not worth it paying them the big bucks in the way the league is structured right now. Getting a veteran, the guy that used to be good, that can still play the ball, rebound well, set hard screens, and play the pick and roll great, which DeAndre Jordan does all three of those perfectly. Um, Al fits our role. Al yeah. Horford is not a chance. <laughs> He's also locked up in a contract. I, I didn't know what his contract was looking like. I just, I thought, I mean, he's been with the Celtics a while. He signed in 2016. Okay, so his deal's probably, he's probably in the last year of his deal. He's, I don't think he's leaving there. It, yeah, no, that's, I, I think that's too good of a yeah, fit. It's, we need, we need a guy that is it's from, in somewhere that's not a stable environment and he needs a new start. Uh, kind of a higher end, like a higher end version of what we did with Nerlens. You know, I mean, no one's going to leave Boston. Okay, I understand Boston was very disappointing to go to another extremely disappointing in OKC. I, we're still going to be a very attractive team in free agency just because we have Russell and Paul George. But there is going to be some reservations here and there where we're not going to latch people from their homes that they do so well in to come to OKC. That's just not going to happen. It, it, it would, and I think that's why DeAndre Jordan is such a good. I think that's such a, like a really nice fit because he kind of is doing all right, but he needs he he definitely isn't that type of player that we saw in you know his prime with uh, the Clippers. This this year has definitely been pretty rough on him. I don't know. I don't think he's washed just yet. Oh, I think half of that was the Knicks. Yeah, it's, he's, and Dallas. He's, his stock is going down right now, which is perfect, absolutely perfect for us. We need that. Keep getting that stock down. Let's grab him. Hey, I mean, how much would you think you pay for DeAndre Jordan? If we, I, if we got really lucky, I think we could get him for $10 million, $8 million. That's, what, $17 extra million dollars we can go to find some role players off the bench so we don't have Raymond Felton coming in mm-hmm. and playing our two or three guard. I mean, that's that's unacceptable. And that, that goes on another thing. This is my rant about Alex Brinus. Everyone who says, oh, the Thunder did so bad before the season, figuring out getting, not getting enough shooting. Are you kidding me? Alex Abrinas was a 38% sniper. He was getting better on defense. His feet were getting better. He was doing awesome. He was that shooter that all y'all want. You're saying, let's get Mike Miller. Let's get Kyle Korver all these past years. Alex Abrinas was that exact guy. And some freak thing happened. Some freak thing happened. We don't know what it is, whether it's some kind of autoimmune disorder, some parasite or whatever. There's so many damn rumors that are all over the place. He was that dude and some freak thing happened. Do not say that we didn't have shooters on this team beforehand because Alex would have been key for us in the playoffs and would have had about 20 minutes a game, 15 minutes a game, and would have been that guy who would have spread the court and would have done perfect for this team. So I think that's a bunch of bullcrap. Look, I, I, look I still think Alex Abrines was a bit of a project, even before he got hurt. Or whatever. 38% from three! I know, but it's not... Look, I, I'm, not, I'm just saying... Especially in those, you know, kind of tighter moments, which is, you know, it's okay to miss those. I just don't think we should be acting like he's some sort of, you know, Mike Miller or, you know, next level type of guy. Because he, he was just two young. missed shots. That's two missed shots. Miss I'm not even right. talking about just clutch moments. I'm just saying that Abrina's let's let's just not like act like he was some sort of automatic three point shooter. He was well, a, he wasn't, he, but he was he was our one of our better ones by far. Well, of course, yeah, he was one of our better ones. But acting like he's some sort of reliable go to three point shooter, it's just it's just not quite accurate. 
it is completely accurate. I'm, I feel very confident whenever he's shooting a three-pointer. And if you're saying, like, oh, he's not Mike Miller, he's not Kyle Korver, obviously, because those guys are the pinnacle. You know how hard it is to get those guys? You know what Utah and Cleveland had to trade to get those guys? I mean, I, I guess Cleveland's more accurate. Cleveland traded, what, a first-round pick for him? I mean, come on. And I, I it's just... Alex Abrinas would have really worked well, especially when not had to deal with Felton. I understand that everyone had really good moments uh, watching the Thick Daddy play, but the Thick Daddy had like two minutes of good plays and then just be a complete liability to our team out there. He was obviously the weakest link in our rotation near the postseason. Um, it just we really were lacking Andre Robertson and um, Alex Abrinas. And Alex Abrinas, who knows if he comes back next year? We don't know his deal. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's why he gave his money back. He gave the money back because he says, I'm going to come back next year and I'm going to I'm gonna give what um, the Thunder team deserves because I left in the middle and kind of screwed him. By the way, Raymond Felton shot 40% from three uh, this season. So, What is the volume on that? The volume? Let's see. He shot about 1.8 threes a game. Well, how many games was he in? And let's see. You games. have to shoot at least fifty, right? Games played. I only see games started. Oh, thirty-three games. Okay, so one point eight times thirty-three. That's that's about seventy shots. I think it's relatively respectable. I don't know. I'm just not. I'm not buying seventy shots as some kind of. Um, no, I'm not. Look at. That's that's what I'm saying. I'm not saying that he's some sort of three-pointing savant by any means, but I'm just saying like. Uh, I don't really know if Abrinas was that guy. I just really don't know if he was oh, defensively. At least, he, at I least think... he was an effort to do that in the in the preseason. Agreed. Like, saying that we weren't trying to go after three-point shooters is absurd because we had him on our team. No, I definitely agree with that. I, I agree that like the roster was set up where he was the guy who we thought would materialize. But I think that Billy has an issue, or not Billy, uh, Pressy has an issue with just hoping that young guys will develop, and then they just never really do. We have guys like just look at look at look at some of the previous guys: Perry Jones, Cameron Payne, you know these type of guys. Ooh. Jeremy Lamb, who just like who they have in to try to grow into that, but they just never quite get there. And then you have to and then you have to chuck in someone like a Randy Foy or Karan Butler at the end just to you know patch it up because your young guys never developed. Abrinas was really improving though. I agree. I I thought he was improving too. I just I just don't know if he was. I, I just we do, we don't know how that would have turned out. I feel like his 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 chapter wasn't finished. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I think I think um, Presty does get a lot of bad rap of he brings in kind of these athletes that he hopes he can develop a jump shot. But I, in all honesty, I don't mind that. I think it's just kind of a gambler's thing that you kind of have to do in a small market because those guys those guys are like the Kawhi Leonard's of the world. Kawhi Leonard when he came out of college, that dude had no jump shot and he developed it. Um, I think you point more, we need to get a better shooting coach if, if we even have one. Give Russell a shooting coach would be awesome. Give Hami a shooting coach. Hami still has got a chance. But I understand you can also point to the fingers like, oh, we, we fluked on those guys that you just named. Um, Jeremy Lamb, shoot great, but he just had no defense. So that's something you really can't put an example there. But look at Jeremy Grant. Look how awesome that was. Um, look how awesome he's developed. Look at Terrence Ferguson from year one to year two. Who knows what he's going to do in year three? Agreed. The, he, he was even developing a slashing thing where he was driving to the ball and he was finishing well. Like Those are two very high mo- guys that are very key guys on this team that we've said if they do well, we typically win those games. So you got to give it to Presti on that one. I understand that developing gets a lot of people kind of fired up because whenever they don't develop, um, you kind of it's like, oh, that was just a fluke, and we throw it in the trash. But the ones that do hit, those are the ones that 
we can really like move forward with our team, and then we just fill the rest of the gaps in free agency. Yeah, and one thing I would like to see Presto do more of is making adjustments in season. And I, I hate to be the guy who's like, oh, look at Daryl Morey go. But I, I wanna, one of the things I really like about Daryl Morey is he makes adjustments midseason to get guys in that, you know, he feels like, you know, will work, you know, to surround his team. He make, I mean, that, that, that Rockets team to start this year, awful, just terrible. But uh, he got guys in that, you know, could actually play a bit. Now... I mean, look at them. Now they're probably one of the hottest teams in the league. I haven't seen the score, so they're probably going to be like down 10 to Utah. But I don't know. I, I, I think that adjusting in season, other than just be like, yeah, we're going to buy a guy later. It might work out. Um, I think would be probably smart on press season. I don't know. I'm not a GM. I, I think it was more of we don't want to trade any of our pieces because we like our pieces. Mm-hmm. So we're just going to stand pat and then hopefully we get lucky with the buyout i think that trading would have just been detrimental towards our future and uh like we said earlier yeah we had high hopes for this season but truly in all honesty next season was the year that we really felt good with because we'd have dennis jurider finally kind of in his groove being with the season for um being with us for one season and everyone except for nerland's noel markeith morris um raymond felton maybe are probably going to be gone next year you know so i mean we have just very minimal roles to fill and we don't want to leave those guys that we've been working on to develop that we've been high on just to kind of fill in a, a, a cross your fingers one time role for this season. So I, I don't, I don't dog them on that. So I guess we can transition away from this topic. I understand we've said a lot about it. I guess kind of one of the last things I really want to talk about um, is kind of just hit on the draft just very slightly. I know the draft is what, a month and a, two months away from now. I think it's like June 26th mm-hmm. or something like that. We have um, the 21st pick. Yeah, the 21st pick. So um, Boston and us were tied and we won a coin flip to get the 21st over the 22nd. So that's very optimistic. <laughs> um, a lot, a lot, a lot of the, I, I've been looking at the mock drafts for it probably past couple months. Actually, well, probably Tyler Hero is definitely your pick. No, no, but seriously, <laughs> I'm not kidding. The, we, uh, most people have us taking Tyler, it's Hero, but Tyler Hero, you know. Um, and he's just, I mean, I mean, yeah, of course, because everyone thinks we need more shooting. He'd be great to fill that Abrinas role. And um, I, the player comp for him is Nick Stauskas, which is really scary. Oh, but I mean, I mean, that's, rocks. that's that's an insult to if you read that. But I mean, it's 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 not like it's it's if Nick Nick Stauskas worked. I think Tyler Hero is a very solid guy. Um, he shoots the ball very well. He gives me kind of um, if he could develop a defensive game of kind of how Clay Thompson is. He's a very very mm-hmm. great shooter. Um, he could be kind of similar to. Also, I other than Nick Stauskas and Clay Thompson, I think um, oh, I, <laughs> quit. But yeah. <laughs> Um, I'll just move on for that. But other than that, um, I really would like to see Hero. But if we did trade Adams, um, a guy that I'd like to see us get is um, Bruno Fernando. Or if we keep Adams, I think Bruno Fernando from from Maryland. People who watch the tournament realize how big of a big body beast he is. But the problem is he's he's got a little bit of defense problems. But this dude could really develop into something special. He's got that natural athleticism and power that our front office would fall in love with. And we're going to need a backup center with um, Nerlens Noel gone. Mm-hmm. So that I think a wing and a backup center is to look at. And we just take the best uh, player 
available at the time. Yeah, you know, I, I also kind of I don't I don't mind Nas Reed either. I think he's solid. Nas that Reed's guy good. is underrated. He's balls. That's a right, baller. Yeah, right now NBADraft.net has him going twenty fourth to Philadelphia. So uh, we could we could snag him. I, I like him. I I really do like Nas Reed. I think he could be a pretty pretty solid pickup. But I think we should definitely key in on this early pick with a center. Uh, knowing Sam Presti, he's going to get some random guy we've never heard of who skipped uh, college and you know played somewhere in Botswana, and uh, he's athletic but can't shoot. That's probably how it's going to shake out. Uh, I want to throw this out there. This might be a stretch, but if his injury has scared enough teams away and you think he falls to 21st, do you think Bol Bol would be fun? No, I don't. I don't want Bol Bol. You think he's too I'm big of a risk? So, so far away from Bol Bol. I, I, I just don't like the way he plays. I think that he's a type of guy that needs to have the game centered around him, and that's definitely not going to fit here. And I just don't trust the seven foot two linky guy who thinks he can shoot three pointers. I, that, I mean, that, guy he, was, that dude shot like ten of twenty one from, from and, three. And I understand that. I understand that, but. He doesn't. He's even linkier than like a Kristaps Porzingis, who you love, who plays that style of game. He wants to be Kristaps, but I think I. And plus, also, you know how easy his body type is to get hurt. We saw it within a couple games at Oregon. That is a stay far, far away. I am not. I've never been on the bull bull train. I'm just gonna stay far away from it. Yeah, he's a fun player to watch, but I would. I agree with you. I would definitely, you know, get. A restraining order around him. Someone's gonna pick him up because you know they just you know they want the next Giannis, but he's not gonna be that. Ceiling is so high. Yeah, injuries I think are gonna tear him up. Granted, now that we've all said that, he's probably going to be one of the greatest basketball players of all time. Just like we weren't, (laughs) just like we weren't big. Jameson and I weren't big on Rudy Gobert or Stephen Adams. That was whatever. Like people, like, it was a, like hey, people it was that Steph Curry was like a backup point guard. It was <laughs> a big whiff. <laughs> I said he was a shooting guard in high school, which was a terrible take. Oh, no. All of us have bad takes. All of us have really bad takes at times. Yeah, I mean, if we're looking, there's an if we're talking about the random Botswana player that Ford was talking about. If y'all saw the snap I sent y'all, I was doing a little bit of scouting work on centers in there in the draft. There's a guy named Goga Betadze. I'd, Gogo Patadze is from Georgia, not Georgia, um, USA, but Georgia, Europe, or Asia. The, the Republic of Georgia, yeah. Yes, and uh, I was looking at him, but that dude looks like a total stiff. So I'm not about him. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm all in on Bruno Fernando, school. and hopefully we can work and get some footwork on him. That's a young Maynard right there. Nope, that's that's a no. He's he's a little bit more physical than Maynard, but yes, very similar. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, no, I'm I'm kind of looking forward to diving into some more draft stuff. You know, this I'm just I'm kind of ready to move on at right. this what point. What about Makai Mason, guys from Baylor? Oh God, <laughs> next Mason. question. Oh God, and next question. Adm- I, you know, I wonder. He's not really high up here. I really wonder how Admiral Schofield's going to do down the line. Oh uh, yeah. I kind of like Admiral Schofield like as like too. a as like a dark horse type of guy that people are kind of sleeping on a little bit. I don't think he. he I, I'm, I know I'm hedging super hard here, but I don't know. I, I could see him popping up out of nowhere. All those Tennessee guys, I mean, like Grant Williams. Like, yeah, those, I, those could be underrated, like steals in the second round. Yeah, I think they're second rounders, and they're it's well. Let's hope for the best if their game translates to um, 
to NBA. Admiral's got a better chance because um, he could really fit into a 2-3 role. But Grant Williams' role, uh, he's, what is he, 6'6", six, 6'7", six, six, and he plays, plays a post. Like, that's that really doesn't translate well. But um, that's a wait and see. They definitely have the talent. Um, it's no, I'll, say, I'll say this one last thing on Nazri before I forget. Nazri would be perfect in a Billy Donovan system because I think we need a big man who can shoot to spread the floor. That's kind of what we saw whenever we played Jeremy Grant at center at the end. Nazri can be the dude who can give you kind of a threat at three but also really play that pick-and-roll game and be a strong guy inside. So if we keep Billy, I would definitely look at Nazri. You can also do like a double big sort of thing, you know, kind of like what we did with Canner and Adams back in 2016. Uh, well, in 17, you know, where you kind of have I've kind of both doing different things, but, you know, you just kind of overpower teams down low. I know the NBA is going away from that, obviously. You know, anyone with a brain knows that. But I think it could be kind of interesting. Just beat the hell out of them down low. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I'm going to throw out another name going on. There. Uh, you think if Kevin Porter slips, I mean, a, a lot of teams are going to be scared from him, too, because of his injury. But you think that'd be a nice little snag? That dude's so athletic. You're talking about USC. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I was, okay. Whenever you say injury, I was nervous. You're talking about John yeah. Tay Porter. No, no the yeah, guy no, was like <laughs> a top ten lottery pick. You know, until yeah. he got injured. Yeah, and then and he had kind of legal problems too, right? With the whole USC and everything. Mm, I don't know. Yeah, I, I mean, think. yeah. I I think I think definitely. I mean, we could definitely look at him. Um, I I see him more of a kind of a second round guy. I think if we right were now he's projected in early early second, they got him at thirty three. Yeah, call me call me crazy, but if this could if we could pull this off, this is what I'd want the most. If we could somehow pull off a trade where we trade Steven and something and somehow we can get up to like the teens on draft day and get Cam Reddish, now you're talking. That's Cam Reddish would be perfect. Absolutely perfect in our system. But, that's early teens. That could maybe be cracked mm-hmm. the top that's, 10. That's like eleven ish. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Minnesota, like, you know, if we can get the 10th pick. I'm saying that's bold. That's all I'm saying. But I'm saying um, that's if we could pull it. Who knows what Steven Adams' value is. But um, DeAndre Jordan and uh, Cam Reddish would be a nice little addition to this team. But that's really, really lucky and far out. Yeah. I don't know. We, We obviously have plenty of time to talk draft. So just a little draft preview just to keep an eye on it. Um Last thing, uh, I think we should probably start wrapping this one up. Um, we'll probably talk a little bit about the playoffs maybe later. I don't know, maybe conference finals. I'm not really ready yet. No. I don't know. I'm going to pop on. You know, I, I, I mean, I'm just saying, like, maybe, you know, we'll, we'll see when we get there. But A finals pod? Draft pod? No. Why not? I don't want to okay. talk about them if they ain't the Thunder. Okay. Right. Well, hey. I gotta I gotta post something, so we'll never. My thunder know. are gone, Bobby. Do you understand? Where are my thunder gone? <laughs> well, well, we'll no, see. I, I'm definitely I'm definitely down to talk about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we'll 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 see how it goes. But in general, uh, I don't know how how are you guys coping with the loss? Like, what are you guys doing to cope with it? How are you getting distracted? I'm very really disappointed, but I, I look at it. I'm trying to look at it. As- you know, we still haven't seen our ceiling. You know, with Andre Roberson being injured, hopefully we can get him back healthy at the start of the next season, which I know it sounds crazy, but, I mean, with the way things are going with him, you never know. And, I mean, cause 
the perfect example, that guy would have been very helpful, to say the least, when guarding Dame and CJ in this playoff series. So, and who knows, maybe guarding Clay Thompson, you know, or, or Steph in future series. I was mainly asking, like, what are you doing to distract yourself? And uh, would you, what would y'all do? What are y'all doing now that basketball's over? It, I, and once the NFL draft goes away on Thursday, that's the only thing keeping me stable right now. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't want to watch the NBA playoffs right now. I'm, I'm still salty. Uh, I'm not going to watch baseball. I guess I could turn to hockey. I know there's a following of this podcast that likes hockey. Hockey's kind of that San Jose game the other night was wild. Dallas, um, baby. So I'll cheer for San Jose. Yeah, um, I think I'm. I think my randomizer said I was a Caps fan. I have no idea how I'm doing. <laughs> I, last I saw, they were pretty close with uh, the Carolina Hurricane, but I don't know how that happened. I know Ovechkin was beating up some kid, which was fun. But They're up 3-2. 3-2 uh, three, three, in three. Game 7. Let's go. My, my, my Caps, baby. Let's go. Game Close it out. Seven. We are going to Game 7. Yeah, yeah I kind of got roped into being a Stars fan to be Kate one soon. Yeah, so we you're the Blues, baby. Longtime Dallas sports fan oh, for yeah. Brandon, everyone. Um, yeah, so let's wrap. Uh, let's call this a call this a pod. Thank you guys so much for following along with us this entire season or this entire half season. We really appreciate it. Uh, it's been it's been a fun ride. So technically, this is kind of crazy to think about, Jameson. This ends our first like full season of sport, I guess. It's it, very weird. Yeah. So now, this is the last time we'll be talking about a uh, an actual game that matters. I mean, we went we went from uh, from you know August to now, so it is officially officially an off season for all of our teams. So thanks for listening, Jameson and I, and you know obviously Ford and everyone else we brought on here. This is just it's been an absolute blast. You know, I honestly this has been one of the more fun things I've ever done, and uh, we're not we're not stopping. So yeah. I really want to give a big thank you to Bobby. I mean, putting on all this effort and letting me do this. I've always kind of really wanted to do this because I've got all this sports information that I just need to, that's bottled up in me and just kind of let it out. Um, and it's just, it's really fun. It really is. I really enjoy it. I don't kind of view it as a chore to come on here. It's just something like coming on, talking with the guys. And I'm, I'm going to really miss it. Um, coming up, I start OU Medical School in August, so I don't know for the next sports season I'll have to be as constant as I am this season. So um, I'm gonna really miss it a lot, but I know it's a good fans with Bobby. So yep, yep. yeah, and I appreciate you having me on as a guest as well for this, you know, NBA season. Yeah, and this is really fun. Yeah, for sure. I it's it's been great to do this with you guys. It's been a huge pleasure, and uh, yeah, Jameson. I mean, you always have a spot here. Like I've like I've said so. Anytime you want to come on, you're good. But this isn't the last of Jameson. You probably you're not going to see as much of him, probably. You know, because you know he's he's got to actually make the real money out there. I uh, my 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 one I cannot share my one cent of avenue rev, ad revenue with him. So he's going to go to med school. So we uh, got some plans of the work, bigger or uh, bigger things, without a doubt. Um. But yeah, no, uh, just thank you so much for, you know, following us around this ride. It's been just, it's been incredible. And, you know, we need to brace for this offseason. It's going to be intense. But thank you so much for listening to the Schooner Pod for Off the Wagon. It's been a blast. Um, that being said, offseason, hit that subscribe button. Five stars. If you really get, if you really like us, I don't know. We gotta go. We 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 got a Patreon somewhere. Might link it. 
I don't know. I just we really appreciate all of your support. It's 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 meant it's meant the the world to all of us. Um, you know what? We'll, we'll we're definitely gonna keep you busy through this uh, off season. So, Game of Thrones pod coming soon or might be out. I'm not sure yet. But yeah. So for me, Jameson and Ford, it's been an absolute pleasure to talk thunder with you on Thunder Talk and. Uh, we will see you in the offseason when we talk the NBA draft next. So, signing off for now. See you around. Thunder up. Thunder up.